Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Welcome to this special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. In just a minute, you're going to hear myself and my wife and business partner, AJ, do a debrief recap and summary of our most recent interview with our big takeaways. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to let you know that people often ask us, What is the first step to building a personal brand? And if that is you or someone you know, then you have come to the right place because we have put together for you a free video short course to help you get started. Just visit firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get access. In it, we're going to walk you through what exactly is the genesis of a personal brand and the six key questions that every personal brand must be able to answer, but that almost none ever do. So go ahead and visit again, firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get started, and we'll see you there. Now on with the recap. Hey, welcome to the recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Rory Vaden is here rolling solo again. We've had some weather challenges around town and we've had a crazy time trying to get coverage for the babies. And so Mama CEO AJ is off helping manage a million things. And so I'm I'm solo on this recap edition, but this is an important one. Bob Glazer is the episode that we're breaking down. If you didn't go listen to that, make sure that you do because Bob tells the story and talks about the story that we we know we should do, we hear about it, we kind of know intuitively, ah, if I'm going to build my personal brand, I should write more and I need to write and I'm not writing enough and I'm writing, but I don't like it and it's not working. And he tells that story about why it matters and you just can't hear it enough. I mean, it's just about impossible, I think, to build a personal brand without having to, at some point, master the written word. I mean, even if you are a video personality, like even if you're a TV personality, there is something, there is at some point comes along in your journey where it's like you have to write a book. People want the book. You're writing articles. You're writing copy, of course, for your emails and for your website and marketing copy. But I think the idea of writing articles and just the power of the written word is so important because one reason is because of Google, because of search engine optimization. The, the written word can be indexed and searched and shared and reviewed quickly and highlighted and you can go to specific points like you can't do that with videos it's it's really hard you know without going hey go watch this video at minute one you know minute seven at 38 seconds in right like people don't do it and google and the search engines don't 
don't yet fully index and you know track and it's just not the way of the digital world so the written word is really important it always has been important i think it will always be important and robert is talking about how you can use the written word to grow your personal brand it is free traffic it is trustworthy reputation building i mean to this day when people say rory how do I become a speaker? Like, how do I get hired to speak? Like, how do you get these gigs where you're standing on stage in front of all of these people? I want to do that. How do you do it? It's very simple. I always tell them it has never changed. The number one reason that people hire you to speak is because they have seen you speak. That is number one, right? We talk about all of that in world-class presentation craft in that course. And then also full keynote calendar. Those are our two courses. One is the art of speaking. The other is the business of speaking. Our events, our courses that we teach. But the number two reason, which is why I'm bringing it up here, the number two reason why or how you get booked to speak is because someone has read something that you have written, right? So number one is, they saw you speak. They said, oh my gosh, that was amazing. I need you to come do that for my people, for my audience. But number two is they read it and they said, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, this is what I need. My people, my audience, my fans, my customers, they all need to see this. Like, can you come and do it? And, and so the written word is powerful and, and the written word is the currency and the backbone and the spine of search engine optimization, which is is like the core of digital marketing, right? And content marketing in the written word. And so this is just an important to hear about someone who has built their personal brand, mostly from the written word. And it's really powerful. So anyways, here's my top three takeaways for you and for myself, just as a recap, right? So the first one, which is not unique, it's not unique to this interview and it's not unique to Bob or to me, but you need to hear it. I'm going to say it because we need to hear it all the time is that it starts by asking, how can I deliver value for my audience? Like that is the genesis y'all of how this works. If you are not sitting and soaking and praying and meditating and focusing on how can I create more value for my audience? Your brand isn't going to make it. You're going to burn out. You're going to get consumed with all the noise. You're going to get frustrated. Like, because if it's all about you and your vanity metrics and, and your growth and your money and your, you know, whatever, your sense of fame or importance, like it's going to burn out. And the written word, especially, you know, I loved what Robert said, where he said, look, I've been doing this for five years and I figured out writing rewards the long game. It rewards the long game. That, that search engine optimization is a hockey stick, right? Like it's slow, 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 spike. And that's the name of this game. Like, and it's not just writing. That is all this stuff. It's it's producing your videos on YouTube with eight views and 12 views and 20 views and 30 views. And it's like the reason that more people don't make it is it's not because their content's bad. It's because they give up, right? It's because it's discouraging when you look at the numbers. It's discouraging when you go, gosh, I've been doing this for a year. I've been doing this for two years. I feel like nobody's watching. Nobody's paying attention. And, you know, that is the path. But like 
everybody dies on that path in the first one or two years. There's few people left when you get to year four and five and six and 10. And those are the ones you see and you go, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I want to be you. But it's like the 10 years before, you know, at least five, I mean, don't get discouraged in year one or two. Like some of y'all get discouraged after three months and you're like, oh, I've been posting videos every day on social media for three months and no, I, you know, I've got a hundred followers. It's like, don't even look until a year has gone by. And this is why being service-centered matters so much because if you're self-centered in this pursuit, if your personal brand is really about you, it's really about your ego, it's really about your followers, it's really about your money, it's really about you feeling important and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever. If it is self-centered, you're going to burn out because you're either going to hack your way there and it's going to be fake by doing all sorts of crazy stuff or it's going to be a slow build and you're going to go, man, I've been doing this for two years. I'm not sure it's working. And it's like, if you feel that way, guess what? It's working because for everyone else who's been on this journey, they tell the story. You listen to every single episode we do. Like all of us have the same story. And even for me, like it's so frustrating because I already paid my dues once. <laughs> like I already went on this journey and then started over, right? So, I mean, we exited a company and there were a number of things that went along with that. But the net impact is, I had to start over. Like I had to start my social media from scratch. I had to start my blog from scratch. I had to start my website from scratch. Like start over. It is painful. And here's what Robert said that I loved. He said, you know, I've been doing this for five years. I've still never found a hack. And gosh, that's so important to hear because I feel the same way. I've been doing this for so long. I haven't found a hack, right? The hack is provide a lot of value for a really, really long time. Like, I know it's not what you want to hear, but you need to hear it and you need to hear it every single week. And, and I don't care if that's, it is like one of the top three takeaways from every single episode that you hear. We're going to bring it up every time because we know how frustrating it is and how discouraging and how lonely and how empty and how hopeless it can feel and how you can be overwhelmed and just beaten down that like, oh, I'm putting in all this work. I'm spending this all this time. I'm putting in all this money. Does it matter? And you have to be centered in service. You have to go, yes, it matters if only to one person, right? Like you have to stay grounded in that. And if you do, it catches. It's a snowball. It's exponential. It's a hockey stick, you know, like it is all of those things, but it starts by saying and staying centered in how can I deliver value for my audience? You got to live in that. You got to remind yourself of that. You can never forget that. It's just, that's the nature of the beast here. And it's good. It's good for our ego. Like it's good to be reminded, like it's not about your views and your comments and your likes and your engagement and your followers and your money and your da da. It's like, it's good to be reminded of like, no, I'm focusing on the one person who's going to read this. I don't care if one person watches this video or one person reads this article. Like I'm doing it for that one person. And I am doing it because I feel called in my life that there is some message inside of me that I feel called to share. And it is irrespective and independent of how many millions of people or how many zeros of people ever see it because I feel called, which means there is one person out there that needs to see this. And that is why I do it. 
not for vanity, not for likes, not for followers, not for comments, not for money, not for any false sense of importance or influence, but because I feel in my heart that there is a message that I was put on this earth to deliver and I'm going to follow that prompting and I will do it for as long as it takes, even if no one shows up. That is the commitment that you got to make and you got to make it as a writer, as a speaker, as a content creator, as a podcast host and producer, like as a video producer, like whatever form of content it is, you just got to make it. And I'm telling you, like that is the battle. We we have all of these amazing techniques and strategies that we teach and they friggin' work. Like they're really, really good, but nothing replaces that. So make sure you stay centered in that. Okay, very good. My second takeaway, uh, this one I don't like as much was that sensationalism isn't clickbait. Ah, I don't like this one as much, but it's a takeaway because it's true. This one is also true. This sucks, but it's like, man, there is just a part of this that there's just a game that you have to play to get a hold of people's attention. Like, and it's weird, right, to say in this almost in the same breath as you got to be focused on your audience, which is is still 100% true, but it's like to say it, the vanity stuff doesn't matter and then turn around and go, you know what? You have to not be afraid of a little bit of sensationalism. Uh, I don't like it, but gosh, it's true. It's true. The data is true. It's indisputable. People respond to all that crap. <laughs> like They do. And here's the way that I wrap my mind around being okay to embrace a little sensationalism because y'all, I'm resistant to this. Like, this is not the way we play it at Brand Builders Group. We're playing the long game. We're bringing value. Our strategy is reputation. Our strategy is trust. Our strategy is ethical and, and honest and integrity. Like it is all of those things. And part of that is just going like, look, I mean, I think the way Robert said it, which hit me hard was he's like, people don't click on the warm cup of tea titles. They don't like they just don't. And the hard part is going, okay, we need to be willing to put out our content regardless of how many people are watching it. But at the same time, it's like, we also have to be doing everything in our power at the marketing game. Like we have to do everything in our power to like communicate truth and honesty and integrity. But we also have to do everything in our power on the marketing game because there's a bunch of scam artists out there that we're competing against. There's a bunch of negative images. I mean, I would go so far as to say the devil is out there using every tool in his power to communicate false lies and propaganda and trash and negativity. And it's like, we got to stand up and go, you know what? I'm going to master marketing. Like, I'm going to learn marketing. I'm going to do it, not because of the vanity for me, but because it's like, if I'm going to change lives, if I'm going to reach souls, if I'm going to impact people, I got to be in front of people. Like, if no one's reading the article, it's not doing any good if nobody's seeing it. Now, I should be willing to do it, whether there's one person seeing it or a thousand. That's what I just got done saying. But at the same time, it's like, I also want you to fight and scratch and claw and hustle and go, all right, how do we get in front of more people? Remember the reputation formula. Results times reach equals reputation. Reach matters. Reach matters. So there's no replacing the long game. We don't want to be flashing the pan. We don't want to be gimmicky. We don't want to be empty promises. We don't want to be over promise under deliver. We want to be substance. We want to be truth. We want to be value. 
We want to be solid. We want to be honest. We want to be content. But we also need to have good packaging and a good wrapper and good marketing strategy and good tactics and good promotion because people got to find us. And so when he was saying sensationalism, we're talking about titles specifically, where he said sensationalism isn't the same as clickbait. And here's how I made sense of this. Because what I think of clickbait as, clickbait is bait and switch. So what is bait and switch? Bait and switch says, you know, click here to see a picture of, you know, Brad Pitt's abs. And then you click here and it's it's not a picture of Brad Pitt's abs. It's an article for how to buy my, you know, something. That is clickbait. It's bait and switch. It's I lure you here with one thing and then I give you something that is other than that thing. It is not that thing. To me, that is really when people say clickbait, it's bait and switch. I do want to give people bait. I want to set a hook. I want to give them an, an appetizer. You know, the way that I think about it is like when you go through the food court at the mall, they give you a bite of chicken, you know, on a toothpick and they hand it to you and they go here, you know, it's a sample, right? So they get you to salivate. You're wetting their appetite. You're drawing their interest. You do have to do that. And some of that is, I mean, he uses the word sensationalism. I, I hesitate, you know, for me, I'm just so reluctant to take it all the way that far, but maybe I need to be more aggressive. I mean, frankly, maybe this is why my brands have grown slower than they could have is because I haven't embraced this because it's like, I'll tell you this for sure. There is some other person out there that is not providing as much value, who doesn't have the depth of expertise, who is a lot more slimy and shady and unethical and they're getting clicks, right? Like they're getting the attention because they're unafraid to just bait people in. And so that's part of what you're competing against, right? And so the good people, we got to learn to compete here a little bit. Like we got to be willing to play the game, not in bait and switch, but in bait and deliver, right? So that would be my theme here is rather than bait and switch, bait and deliver. But I want you to bait. You got to set the bait, right? Like you, you got to hook them in. There's, you can't just throw a hook in the water and have no bait on it. Like the fish aren't biting. There's got to be bait there, but it's not bait and switch. It's bait and deliver. In fact, it's really bait and over deliver, right? That's what we want. Not bait and switch, bait and over deliver. That is what it's after. But you got to bait. You got to be good at the bait. Like it's a necessary part of this. And I wouldn't even say it's a necessary evil. It's, it is just simply necessary that we are battling for attention span. Like there is a battle, especially the digital world is a 24, seven, 365 battle for attention span. And we are in a battle. We are competing for people's attention. And if you have valuable ideas, if you have good ideas, if you have worthwhile products, if, if you have substance, if you have truth, if you have integrity, if you have honesty, then you also be you have to be willing to fight that battle to get those people over there. What good is it if you have the cure for cancer and nobody knows about it? Not good. You got to be willing, but bait and deliver, not bait and switch. So sensationalism, meh, I might not sign off on that and give that the official brand builder stamp or Rory Vaden stamp, but I I would sign off on bait and deliver, all right? So do what you have to do to get the viewers and the readers, you know, within reason, but you need to learn how to create better subject lines. You need to work to create better titles, which is my third takeaway. Okay. So my third takeaway was I actually went back through all of my notes from this, this interview and just, you know, was trying to create a list of great article titles. Now, 
If you've been through our brand DNA event, our course, our, our first course, or you've been through captivating content, in both of those courses, we teach something called the five title test, which is how to title your products. Okay. You know, it's kind of similar, but this list is different. This list is for articles specifically. This is titling your blog articles and stuff, which, you know, I also think you can afford to be a little more baity with articles because they're not as permanent as a book title or a, a coaching program title or a course title, right? That's something like you're going to live with for a while. But here's some of the things that Robert threw out that he has split tested. And obviously he's writing for, you know, Forbes and Inc and Entrepreneur and all these big outlets. And I 100% agree. And not every time I've submitted articles for major outlets or been featured, it's like they're always, you know, creating these kind of like clickbaity type titles. And it's because it works, y'all. Like media companies are not in the business of truth. <laughs> they're in the business of attention. That's why they're media companies. And that's something that you should be aware of, which is both bad and something you can leverage to your advantage is going, oh, okay, like they, they care about eyeballs. How can I bring them eyeballs? Like it's actually a very, they're very simple creatures media companies are. Like it's about eyeballs. So if you know that, you can get in pretty quickly by going, oh, what can I do to bring them eyeballs? Like it's very straightforward. But anyways, so this is a list. What do I got here? Let me count them up here. Let's go ahead and call this formally eight types of article titles. We'll call this the eight types of scintillating article titles. That's what we're going to call this officially. The eight types of scintillating article titles that I've kind of extracted from some of what Bob was saying and then add to it. All right. So they're not in any order necessarily, but number one is famous names, right? Famous names draw attention. In some ways, it feels cheap to me. I mean, a lot of this feels cheap to me. I mean, some of marketing in general just feels a little bit cheap. So you got to balance that, right? Like you got to balance it. But anyways, I think it, you need to at least know what these are. And then, you know, you can dial it back accordingly to whatever feels right. But I think it's like, if you didn't care about anything other than traffic, you need to know what these are, right? So famous names, right? what Elon Musk does every morning that made him a billionaire. I mean, then you see Jeff Bezos. And I mean, if you just pay attention and you just scroll the news feed, like Warren Buffett, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, LeBron James, like you're just going to see celebrity names. And so famous names draw attention. Famous brand names draw attention. Be aware of that, right? Whether you use these or not, I'm not even necessarily encouraging you to use this list. I'm telling you what the list is so that you can process it and use it how it feels relevant and right to you. So famous names. The second is lists, right? The seven checklists. I mean, the seven ways to whatever. I mean, it just dominates. It dominates online. The three ways to, I mean, if you look at Cosmopolitan every single month, it's so unoriginal, right? Like no offense, Cosmo, like I'm just saying, it's very predictable. I mean, it's not just Cosmopolitan. It's every magazine on the magazine stand at the checkout counter, right? It's like the seven ways to make him want you, the four ways to shed pounds from your inner thighs, the, you know, the five ideas to improve your memory. I mean, it just crushes. By the way, psychologically, one of the reasons why is because the brain loves to complete things and the brain hates incomplete things. And so the neuroscience behind this is that if you say there are seven ways to, the brain almost can't help but compel you to, to have to know what those things are. So checklists are powerful. Number three, things that are shocking, shocking. 
you know, Bob was telling that example of like the top travel blogger is that you won't believe this, right? Or those kinds of things. I mean, that's National Enquirer, you know, the blowout fight that Brad and Angelina had that that has sent everybody spiraling. I mean, those are shocking. Okay. Those are anything that's shocking. It's kind of like in that you won't believe theme. Number four is scary. Scary. Scary headlines are compelling. They create clicks right now. Yeah. Watch the evening news, the evening news, the local news in whatever your local city is. Pay attention to how they do this. It's almost, it's all the time. It's like, oh, you know, there's a gunman on the loose, you know, somewhere here in Nashville. Find out where tonight at nine. I mean, like they do that all the time. It's a new study reveals the the thing that causes cancer. It could be in your fridge. We'll tell you what it is tonight at nine. I mean, it's scary, right? The media understands fear is much more attractive than positivity. Like scary things attract people. They draw attention. So again, use these cautiously. I'm not saying go out and do this all the time. I'm saying be aware of these use them judiciously, cautiously, intentionally. You can also dial them back, right? It doesn't have to be like, you know, in this video, I'll tell you the three leading causes of cancer. Like that's pretty intense. But you might say, hey, the number one most common mistake that personal brands make with their website copy. We'll tell you what it is in this week's video, right? I mean, that works. It's scary. It's like, am I making it? Number five is disgusting. Is disgusting. I remember... There was an article that I, I had featured one time on the new type of procrastination that was scary. And it was a CNN. I'm pretty sure it was on CNN. And the editors put a picture of a tarantula as the lead image for the article. And because the article was like a scary new, you know, new type of procrastination just discovered. And it's like a picture of a spider. I mean, I remember at the time being like, what, what? This makes no sense. And now it's like, oh, it makes perfect sense. They're split testing the image. They know that an image of a tarantula is going to draw clicks. I mean, use it judiciously, but know that like things that are scary and disgusting draw attention, right? You know, now you might not put a picture of tarantula, but, but I'll tell you a subject line that will get people to open your email is to say, you know, my most embarrassing high school moment people will open that email, right? Like, you know, it kind of is in that disgusting, then disgusting vein, like, assumably, but this is a gradient, this is a gradient scale, right? And if you look at major media, a lot of major media, they go full out on this stuff. And, you know, a lot of times people, it's anybody who sells money from ads, like they have to, that's their business model, is it's solely based on eyeballs and attention. It's not based on truth, it's based on eyeballs. So. Dial it accordingly. Number six is things that are useful, right? Things that are useful. Elizabeth Ryder, this is one of my favorite. You know, if you go listen, Elizabeth Ryder is one of the biggest bloggers in the world. And we interviewed her, I forget what the episode was, but fantastic and also, you know, writer. But I want to say she gets something like 80,000 visitors a month to her blog from an article she wrote like 10 years ago that is called Easy to Peel Hard Boiled Eggs like the number one most trafficked article she's ever created, easy to peel hard boiled eggs. That's totally just useful, right? Useful. Seven is things that are simple, simple, 
right? The easy way to blank, the simple way to blank, a straightforward method to blank, anything that is simple, you know, the number one thing you're overlooking to blank, those are they're scintillating titles. They get people, and when we talk about titles, these are article titles, these are subject lines in your emails. They could be chapter titles, they could be section titles, but these things work. They're compelling to the human brain. So you just use responsibly. And then number eight is extremes. Extremes make great titles, right? One way to always get the girl, you know? How to never not get hired on a job interview extremes. The only thing you need to know to double your followers in 2021. Wouldn't you click on it? You probably would, right? So these never, always, everywhere, anywhere, only the extremes make good titles. You know, to Robert's point, the warm cup of tea, it just doesn't attract eyeballs. It's not extraordinary. People click on things that are extraordinary. So, you know, interesting conversation. And this is a yin and a yang one. And and it's not really at the end of the day, it's still serving your audience. I mean, it's, but it's like, in order to be able to serve them, you got to play the marketing game in order to be able to serve them. You got to have good titles. You got to have good subject lines. So you need to know this stuff, do it in service of the audience, not in service of yourself. And just go, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be about truth and content and trust and honesty and integrity. And we got to have great titles and great marketing to get them there. So don't bait and switch, bait and deliver, or better yet, bait and over deliver and do it for a real long time and you will win. So keep coming back here every single week on the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. We'll keep you motivated, keep you inspired, keep you fired up, and we'll keep it tactical and keep it practical so that you can make it happen. I love you. Catch you next time on the Influential Personal Brand. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 